voor die inkomen. Bullshit. Pretend for a moment we've entered a parallel universe, free of bullshit marketing and full of bold solutions. That's what no bullshit marketing is all about. I'm your host, Dave Mastovich, and it's time to cut the bullshit. When's the last time you read a blog post, newspaper article, or email from start to finish? If we asked, how do we read today? The answer might be, we don't. Whether reading, or should I say skimming online or print, we rarely finish a story or article, and we don't move smoothly from left to right as we follow the words across the page. Eye-tracking research from web guru Jacob Nielsen shows we sweep our eyes across the page in a pattern shaped like an F. When it comes to scrolling, most people don't even bother. More than 80% of our time is spent above the fold, the part of the web page visible when users first land there, or the part above the fold of a newspaper. More than 80% of our time. How can you increase readability of your messages? Put the most important content first. Don't fumble your opening. Avoid claims and exaggerations because skimmers do. Feature bulleted lists. Focus on only one idea per paragraph. And now that you know, try to actually read other people's stuff. Our guest today is Dave Nelson, president of Dialogue Consulting Group. Dave's been named Ernst & Young's Entrepreneur of the Year and also Speaker of the Year by Vistage International. He's a successful CEO, entrepreneur, professional speaker, radio personality, author, and social media thought leader. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, thrilled to be here, Dave. One of the things that we talk about at Mass Solutions is how communication drives pretty much everything in the economy. So we're a marketing company, but we really break it down to your message and your communication and internal communication is every bit as important as external. And they both end up being neglected a lot. Yeah, exactly. I love the expression, none of us is as smart as all of us. And I go into some real detailed examples to sort of prove that. But if um, if you've never done this exercise, when I was at AT&T, they, you know, hey, you're a new manager, let's put you in one week of management training and then you'd be golden to manage people. But one of the exercises we did was sometimes they call it the uh, desert survival or Arctic survival. There's different scenarios. But the one that, that I got to do was you've been in a plane crash, you're in the desert and there's five of you say and uh, 20 items. Rank them based on their importance. One to 20. Items like a mirror, uh, a fifth of vodka, <laughs> chocolate bar. I mean, just sort of random stuff and you're supposed to rank them. And so the first thing you do is everybody in the class has to individually rank them. And so you put together your rankings and then they put you into groups of five and you have to sort of duke it out and come up with a consensus rating. And every single group of five I've ever seen go through this, which is probably about a dozen now, has outperformed every single member of the group. None of us is as smart as all of us. And so I think what we've got the opportunity to do with Yammer and Chatter and Slack is unlock that collective knowledge. If I've got something of potential value to the team, I'm going to post it with a short 140 character message to our Yammer cloud. And maybe I'll have a link to a document or a video or, or whatever, but I'm going to put it out there for the team. And if they find that it's valuable, they'll follow me. Interesting uh, new tools that we've got. Which reminds me of another thing. Darwin said it's not the strongest or most intelligent that survive. And I'm thinking AT&T or BlackBerry, right? It's about those adapting to a changing environment most quickly. And we're in a world of accelerating change. It's easier for small companies. If you pay attention, if you're willing to just not be a technophobe, it's easier for you to manage this rate of change than the big guys. 
I agree. So if you had to pick one tip, you've already touched on a bunch of tips, but what, what tool, I guess, rather than a tip, what tool would you recommend to our audience that they could take away today and start utilizing it to help them become more efficient or help them communicate better with their peers, subordinates, their boss? What tool, uh, what tool would you use? Yeah. Well, I definitely like the Yammer chat or Slack or maybe an internal blog. Um, we are in a world where employees now write about their employers. That site is called Glassdoor.com. And my son just recently got a new job, but it really stretched out because there was not great stuff on uh, Glassdoor about the president of the company. And, you know, eventually got a big increase in salary. So he took the you know chance anyway. But, hey, you don't want issues in your corporate culture to cause you to have to pay a big uh, premium in salary. So uh, we're in this, as I say, world of mouth. And so Yammer, Chatter, Slack, those are great things. Here's a thought. Before you go there, the first thing to do if you're just starting to look at it is do a competitive analysis. Take a look at your competitors. What tools are they using? Where are they succeeding? Where are they failing? And one of the coolest tools out there for analyzing the competition is called SEM Rush. Normally that stands for Search Engine Marketing Rush, SEMrush. And what SEMrush.com shows you is the inbound search traffic both paid and free, organic, for the last five years for every website in the world, every company in the world. So you can go look up your competitors and see you know, who's winning and who's losing from a digital search marketing perspective. And then once you see who's winning, the ones that are growing their search traffic, the graph is going up and to the right, then it shows you all of the keywords that they're using and the percentage traffic that they're getting from each of those inbound keywords, the landing page they've built for each keyword, and the Google search volume on that particular term. This is like walking into your competitor's marketing department and stealing their plan. And every website in the world is measured by this thing called SEMrush.com. And most of that is free, although if you need the premium version, you'll step up to $69 a month, still a heck of a deal. And so I'm a big fan of, Hey, let's see who's out there cracking the code. Who's already invented the next wheel? I want to be a fast follower. And if my competitors aren't succeeding, it's going to just give me more motivation that I'm going to race forward on these new tools and these new techniques and get more than my fair share of the half of the internet traffic that's going to start tomorrow with a search. Semrush.com. Semrush.com. It's an amazing tool. I'm full of ideas like that. <laughs> For our listeners, hopefully they'll take you up on it and see what it's all about and utilize it to their advantage. So Dave, it's now time for you to keep calm and hit the bullseye. I'll ask you to choose between two marketing or messaging classics. Tell me which one you like more, but you only have a few seconds to choose and hit the bullseye. And and do I get to say why, or this is just an well, A and B? We'll pound through. We'll put, that's okay, a great all right. question. And we'll then pound you come through, back come and back. anything that was counterintuitive yep. you hit yep. me with. All right. Katy Perry or Taylor Swift? Man, those are both similar, but I'm going to go with Taylor Swift. I think she's rocking it from a marketing perspective. Reach out and touch someone, or can you hear me now? Well, of course, I work for the reach out and touch someone, but I actually like the can you hear me now. It really gets to, I should stop explaining. I'll just answer the question. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes, I can. Twitter or LinkedIn? LinkedIn, built to last. Cheers or friends? Cheers, never even watch Friends. Bill Gates or Steve Jobs? Oh, I love Steve Jobs. I just finished the Walter Isaacson book, and then I read his next book, which is called The Innovators. And then I read a book 
uh, called Becoming Steve Jobs. So I'm totally into Steve Jobs. And uh, I have lots of uh, black long sleeve turtleneck shirts and jeans. I'm, I, I worship Steve Jobs. Not that he was the best, but uh, Steve Jobs. That Isaacson book is long. But you know what? It's one of my favorite books I ever read, and I did not want it to end. It, the first couple chapters were hard to get into. But, of course, you're sitting here looking at me wearing my Apple Watch. I was playing with my <laughs> iPhone 6. I, I think there's an announcement today. I can't wait to get my 6S. Progressive Slow or Jake from State Farm? That's uh, a tough one, but I like... Uh, I like Flo and so many variations on what she's done. So I consider her the longer lasting icon. Good point. Spider-Man or Batman? Neither. Not into comics. Uh, to me, they're overblown. Geico's Gecko or the Aflac Duck? <laughs> well, the guy who voiced the Aflac duck got himself into a little trouble, which then rubs off poorly. But I'm still going to go with the Geico Gecko. Uh, so many humorous variations. And I'll also note that Geico does about 50 other flavors of commercials, right? I haven't seen the cavemen in a while, but so easy. A cave yes. Yeah, Geico. I vote for Geico. All and right. Warren Buffett. How can you go wrong with Buffett? This will be your hardest one, maybe. The Joshua Tree or a Tongue Baby? Ooh, that is tough. Did you research me? I love you too. <laughs> I just uh, went to Madison Square Garden because they didn't play Pittsburgh this year. So I went all the way to New York and it's like one of the best things that I've ever seen. Uh, that's a total toss up because I love everything, including the, the very newest album, which is like the most U2 album they've made in a long time. Uh, coin flip, I'll say Joshua Tree. Well, I, I agree with you on the, the coin flip, and I also would go with Joshua Tree. And I, I agree that that new latest album is it's, good. It's, it's really good. It got all that bad PR. Well, because but... we tried to give it for free to people on their iPhones. Come on, people. It's a free album, and it's U2. Get to know them. Exactly. And any one of these ones we're going to go back to. You, you mentioned uh, Katy Perry and Taylor Swift was a touch call. Well, I like, call. as singers, I like both of them. But since this is a marketing podcast, I think Taylor Swift is uh, the more talented uh, promoter, salesperson, Agreed. marketer. And um, she sold more than a million copies of her latest album. And uh, it may be the last time that that uh, ever happens in a, a traditional form. Uh, that's how good she is, and she may be the last uh, man standing. <laughs> it's uh, on Reach Out and Touch Someone, or Can You Hear Me Now? Both of them are excellent, and both were really, for their time, one of the top five to ten in their era. So Can You Hear Me Now probably does have a longer-lasting time. Yeah, I like it, close. first of all, because we all said it. I mean, we all say Can You Hear Me Now constantly, and if you're on... It's a Verizon slogan. So if you're on the AT&T's network, it's like, I'm thinking Verizon must yeah. be a better network. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, they're both strong, but I, I'll vote for Can You Hear Me Now. That was it was an awesome yeah. campaign. Now, the last one that I want to just go back to is because being the social media guru, uh, you chose LinkedIn over Twitter. I personally love LinkedIn more than Twitter, but I think both of them are great. Tell me a little bit about that choice of LinkedIn. And All right. So, you know, predicting the future is always uh, risky. But I look at um, uh, my my millennial boys. The youngest one is 21. The older one's 24. 
And, uh, you know, quick story about the younger one. So he's gone from Facebook. Why would I want to use Facebook? That's the old people. I don't need to talk to the old people. I mean, that's the perspective of the 21 and always has been, right? The next generation doesn't want to follow what the previous generation does. So they look for the new things and it's Snapchat, Instagram, and so on. And Twitter's still hanging on a little bit with that generation, even though it started with the old people. But James, as a freshman, was given the assignment, this is what they're teaching college freshmen, set up a LinkedIn profile, get a professional picture up there, get your resume as it currently exists, and homework assignment, you gotta get 25 LinkedIn connections, not to other students, but people that can help you post-graduation. James looked at that and said, wow, there's power in that. And so over the next, he's now three years, so coming up on his, I just started his senior year, and uh, about 100 plus really great, unbelievable connections in the investment banking world. And I have no doubt, not only is that why he had an internship in New York City this summer, but it's going to get him a great job working probably for a great firm. So LinkedIn is about networking. It's wired into our professional careers. So I think unlike the others, it won't get old. I think it is built to last. Again, always risky. Probably somebody five years from now is going to be playing the same day if what happened to LinkedIn. But I think it's the, the one that has the best shot as uh, you know, Facebook becomes uncool. Uh, Twitter, a lot of reports of all their challenges and, you know, new CEO and so on. Um, I think LinkedIn is different. It's just different. It's built to last. And by the way, my membership number on LinkedIn is 98323, has five digits. So I've been on LinkedIn like forever. And it's Google for finding people, people that have competitive knowledge, people that would be your customers, people that would be your employees. And uh, it's just, it's so useful that I, I love, love, love LinkedIn. If I could only have one, I think that's the one. And I also always say, look, don't link to everybody. Link to people you actually know, respect, would be willing to help because they'd probably be willing to help you. Quality beats quantity. We're talking with Dave Nelson, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and CEO of Dialogue Consulting. He just hit the bullseye. And now we're moving into this episode, Sights and Sounds of Marketing. It starts with the song Stuck in a Moment by U2. And so, yes, I do try to play to my audience. <laughs> it, it seems like everyone I talk to is frustrated with work, yet they don't seem to know whether they should keep doing what they're doing or move on. So I take the lyrics from the song. And the first lyric is you've got to get yourself together. You've got stuck in a moment and now you can't get out of it. Some complain to family, friends, and coworkers. Others hope ignoring the problem will make it go away. But most just grin and bear it for now and put off thinking about it. Don't say that later will be better. Now you're stuck in a moment and you can't get out of it. Rather than complaining or conceding, look at your situation and actually write down the pros and cons. Figure out what's really bugging you and compare that to what you like about your position. You got to stand up straight, carry your own weight because tears are going nowhere, baby. Some problems are self-created. We obsess about things others don't place as much importance on. And we spend a lot of time and energy on things we think the boss will appreciate. The song says, you are such a fool to worry like you do. But if you clearly define what makes your boss tick, that's a target audience for you. When you accomplish something you thought was important, you hope to receive some positive feedback. When you don't, you become nervous and insecure about your position or even bitter. Oh, I know it's tough and you can never get enough of what you don't really need now. Things begin to snowball. You multitask, trying to reach multiple deadlines. It seems like the movie Groundhog Day. You keep struggling to get things done day after day. And if the night runs over and if the day won't last, figure out what you like about the job and whether or not it's enough to keep you happy. Take the time to understand your boss's top priorities and their definition of success. 
and make it about them, as Dave says. Put things into perspective. No jobs forever, and it's probably not as bad as you think. The song ends with, it's just a moment. This time will pass. Dave, what do you think about stuck in a moment and how so many employees aren't satisfied with their work yet don't do much about it? Yeah, I, the Gallup surveys say, like, uh, shockingly low, 20% of people are really engaged in, in their jobs, and yet we spend... 30, 40, 50, 60 hours a week are pretty much whole life long doing these things. So, you know, I've decided that um, I'm not going to work for a big bureaucratic organization. I'm going to make my own way. And whether that was somebody else's startup, Four Systems, which was a great experience, or, you know, my own startup. So the last time I actually worked for somebody else was uh, July 3rd of 1998. And here we are in uh, 2015. Impressive. Dave, the sights and sounds goes into the, what else happened in that year. And the song was released in the year 2000, which had many other memorable messages. We'll, I'll rattle them all off, and then you and I will talk about each okay. one. Despite dire Y2K predictions, not much happened when the new year arrived. I bought a generator right before that happened, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit of a prepper, I admit. Reality TV show Survivor, Survivor premieres, and 51 million people watch the finale. Never watched it. There's not enough time in life for all the great television out there. Budweiser's, what's up? Super Bowl ad becomes part of our vernacular. Fabulous. I love the Super Bowl ads. I, I watch the game every year just for the ads, and then I usually spend the next day or week watching all the ads again. Love it. It makes that Monday something uh, fun to talk about all the ads it, more than the does. game. By the way, it, you remind me that, um, you know, back to social and all uh, all the trends, uh, Doritos produces their ads through crowdsourcing. There's a million dollar prize, Crash the Super Bowl. They put up these amateur produced commercials like the goat eating Doritos yes. or the, the breaking into the machine with the, uh, just so many fun things. And those are user produced and they win every time because they're pre-tested. So, there's a whole different way to play the game. Go Doritos. Now, being a West Coast guy and from Stanford, I'm going to let you take this next one and tell us all about how it grew and everything. Google launches AdWords with 350 customers. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, you make a great uh, product, right? And that's the Google search engine as the internet's becoming big. Um, you make it algorithmic because like the folks at Yahoo who are doing this uh, manually, uh, you know, here are my favorite sites kind of thing. Uh, you make it algorithmic and then you put some real science behind it. So if you serve something to somebody and they click the second, not the first result, that impacts the next search. And um, then you decide uh, we're offering this great service. We've got all of these eyeballs, uh, why don't we also allow people to run relevant ads on the same page? And we'll be real uh, clean about it. We'll say, here's the ads, here's the organic results. So every ad is marked incredibly cleanly. And, um, you know, interestingly, 77% of the clicks on Google are still on the organic uh, free terms. Go check out those keywords, people. But 23% uh, of the clicks, when you've got the kind of volume that Google does, makes them one of the most valuable companies on the on the planet. And by the way, had it failed, Google fails at a lot of stuff. They would have come up with the next thing. So uh, it's a great company. Every time I go to Google's homepage, you know, try this out yourself go there, the answer varies, but you're going to see just incredibly clean white page with a search box. Turns out there's usually about 18 other things on that page, but they're so subtly uh, laid out, uncluttered, that um, simplicity is the hardest thing. I have so much admiration for Google, and I can't 
cannot wait to get my Google self-driving car. I'm like so ready for that. And I think by about 2020, that's going to be, you know, technology that's everywhere. And so my current car may last till then. I may not ever buy another vehicle. I'm just going to ride in a Google driverless vehicle that I've scheduled using my fabulous Uber scheduling software. So you're speaking of technology. We're looking at the sights and sounds of marketing from the year 2000. And Bluetooth was introduced. And I jokingly say so people can walk around looking like they're talking to themselves. Yeah, <laughs> it used to be that if you did that, you were schizophrenic, right? Yeah. Uh, now everybody does it. It's uh, it's crazy. But the biggest of all the memorable messages of the year 2000, we learned what a hanging chad was. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, really uh, interesting year. And I wonder, um, Al Gore, you know, board of Apple, Uber successful now. You know, I'm wondering if he's looking back on it thinking, you know, Bush had a pretty tough ride for eight years and my life's working out okay. So, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk to either one of them about it, but I yeah. wonder if uh, he would switch places if he could. So, Dave, how can listeners contact you if they'd like to learn more about what you do? Dave at DialogueConsulting.com. And that's D-I-A-L-O-G. That would be the sort of modern form of the word, which also can have uh, an alternate spelling. Uh, so DavidDialogueConsulting.com. And um, what I say is, uh, you know, email was not built for real-time communications. So don't expect an instant response. Email is for, you know, 24 to 48 hours later. So I work email only a couple of times a day. If you need me and, and you're important in my life and me and yours, then we have each other's mobile numbers or on some kind of group texting thing. And that's what's built for time critical communications. So I'm on a um, not not a one person quest, because I think a lot of people are starting to push back on email and look for the next tool. I was asked people, you know, when's the last time you sent a telegram? Well, I think email might be the telegram or the Pony Express of the moment. And we're using way too much and, and using it the wrong way. Dave, just an amazing guest. You gave us so much information tools, tips, ideas, but also inspiration about how you tackle life and how you tackle the work part of your life and also making it about them. So I want to thank you for being here today. Hey, and we didn't even talk about my home wine making, the Tough Mudder I just finished a week ago, my organic gardening. So uh, there's just so much good, fun stuff to talk to. But it was a real pleasure to be on the podcast with you today, Dave. It gives me an excuse to have you back. Thank you, Dave Nelson. And thank you for joining us for No Bullshit Marketing. Visit BoldSolutionsNoBS.com for show notes, plus additional marketing and messaging resources. Also, sign up for light reading. You'll receive valuable strategies every other week to improve your marketing and transform your message. It really is light, intended to be read in two minutes or less, and it just might trigger bright ideas for you. To sign up, go to MassSolutions.biz. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea? And build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions without the BS.